welcome to the Thinking Pilates podcast, where show after show, we bring you a different way to think about teaching Pilates. We make you dig deep, ask the tough questions, and keep unraveling the rich layers of teaching movement. I'm Chantel Lopez, founder of Skillful Teaching, an international education company just for Pilates and movement teachers, and author of Moving Beyond Technique. I am so gratefully joined in this delightful and crazy endeavor by my sometimes co-host and podcast co-founder, master teacher and mentor, Deborah Colway, as well as the brilliant and funny consummate explorer of movement and people, James Crater. Well, hello, everybody. This is a very, very exciting episode of the Thinking Pilates podcast. I'm Chantel, and um we are just doing some kind of new and crazy things on the podcast as we evolve and grow. And this time around, we're doing a teacher or community debrief. And what James and Deborah and I are really, really interested in is engaging the larger community to talk about the things that have kind of been running themes through the podcast in the last four or five episodes. We've had some really amazing conversations and we've been talking about some really juicy stuff and from my experience or my perspective it I think partly this happens for all of us because our attention is in a certain place but I've been seeing a lot of really beautiful things happening and uh, I, I reposted a blog um, article that James wrote uh, it's been about a week ago maybe a little bit more and I said you know, things are not about to happen. Like we are in the midst of some really powerful change, I think, in our community. And my interpretation of it is that we're moving in a direction where we're not, we're no longer just identifying as Pilates teachers. We're no longer just teaching bodies. We're really showing up in a way um, that we're aware of our own health and well-being as a, a, you know, a a direct and intense reflection of the health and well-being of our students and vice versa. So we're talking about how this applies to, um, you know, in the bigger scale, like social change. And um, it's, it's really beautiful. And a lot of us are talking about it. One of the ideas that's been floating around um, in these conversations has been the difference between biomechanics and biointelligence. We heard that from Wendy LeBlanc Arbuckle a few episodes ago. We, James and Deborah and I, and some of you have been talking about the idea of facilitating um, versus fixing. So from the teacher perspective, like what's our role, what's our intent? And so we are, we're really, really disinterested on it to know, like, how is this stuff affecting you? Are you interested in it? Like, is it inspiring you? Is it changing the way that you're teaching? Is it getting you to ask questions are you totally against it and opposed to it? And you're not seeing any of that. Like, we're just really, really curious. So, um, yay, Kristen's on. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Chantel. Can you hear me? I could totally hear you. Yeah. I'm, I'm eating watermelon. Sorry. Okay. Fantastic. Well, we like to keep it real, so that's fine. <laughs> um, so I'll put them aside. That's okay. And, um, so we're just going to dig in here. And I, uh, I shared with the group, like I have this handy dandy participant panel on the right hand side of my screen. So I can just see everybody who's on the call. And we've got six teachers, um, really from all over the country, which is super exciting. I know that Paula and Amanda and Kristen both have limited time. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in and, um, ask Paula if she wouldn't mind starting. I know, uh, you know, it's like, just jump into the fire here, kiddo. 
um, if, if you want to say a little something, uh, you have now officially been unmuted. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> I, um, my name is Paula Finkel, and I've been teaching for, I want to say, maybe 17 years-ish. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, I'm 62 years old, so I'm kind of proud of that. And I just um, went into business, be owning a business, of um, a Pilates business last a year. It's been a year. Yeah. yeah. And so, awesome. so, yeah, so I've evolved, <laughs> which is a good thing, and I'm happy. And, um, yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And so what about this conversation? I mean, I, are you noticing it in your own community? Like, what, what's the impact for you or what's interesting to you about this kind of movement that we see happening in our community? I don't, I'm not exactly 100% sure of what you, um, what your, what the movement is, honestly. Yeah, like yeah. Like, I know things are changing, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure of what you are seeing and what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, so here, let me tell you what I'm okay. seeing a little okay. bit more clearly. So, okay. uh, as an example, okay, so we have had a very interesting run of the last four or five episodes, and um, there has been some, there have been some reoccurring themes. Um, again, like, how are we showing up as teachers in terms of the difference between just being an instructor and being a facilitator of movement versus um, fixing bodies, right? So mm-hmm. to me, that's a very different thing, right? That's, do we show up, we're teaching movement and we're, we're trying to fix what's wrong and we're getting people out of their pain. Like all of these things are really valuable. And yet there's a limit to what we can do if we're a fixer, right? And, right. and I think a lot of us have, have in the, you know, either are or have worked from that place of fixing our students versus this other idea of facilitating movement, healthier movement, growth in terms of physical conditioning, but also really, you know, kind of stretching ourselves a little bit and facilitating also like growth in terms of the person, right? Themselves. And to see, to see that shifting one very specific example that we have been talking about in the podcast is like the difference between when you tell somebody to do something or say you ask them to do something, right? You give a corrective action versus you ask a series of questions that allows the student to pull forth their own response, right? The answer that's right for them. Like how should they move in order to find ease, feel better, um, you know, enjoy the movement more, do you see the difference between giving a corrective action and inviting the student to find their own way towards something that feels better? Yes. And I also, but I think that um, every population is, is different. Totally. So it, it really matters on the, you know, on the, the client. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, um, and actually what the client is, their goals are versus it's always about their goals, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so when I, huh, um, trying to think how to say this, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's, it's definitely hard because I don't ever want to cross a line that 
I don't know about. Sure. So I'm very careful. And, but um, it is true though. I do have a lot of clients that sometimes that, you know, I would much rather them see somebody that is um, trained differently than I am. But I don't know if this is helping you. <laughs> well, I mean, this it's not a- really about helping me. I mean, I'm yeah. so what what we're really trying to get at is just what is your sense of your own, um, you know, your own person in teaching. Like, how do you see yourself changing as a teacher? Do you see the community moving in a different direction? And if so, can you identify? Or do you have some sense of what that's like? I'm gonna um, I'm gonna turn this over to Kristen because okay. I suspect that Kristen has uh, a little bit to say about this, uh, okay. and then and then we'll come back around, Paula, because maybe okay. giving you a bigger context will also uh, okay okay be help me okay okay. <laughs> Kristen, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Hi, hi. So nice to talk to you on a podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. So, hey, will you just introduce yourself and just say where you're from and then um, yeah. you can just dive in wherever you'd like with this if you have, if there's okay. something that's jumping out at you. I'm Kristen Eubinelotz-Grek and I was Chantil's business partner. We uh, created Pilates Collective in Sebastopol 11 and a half years ago. <laughs> uh, I'm still at Pilates Collective. We just moved to a new location above Sebastopol Physical Therapy, which is really, really fantastic. Um, I also uh, have a, an online site called Pilates Home Practice. So one of the things that I'm really interested in is taking the movement we do in the studio into everyday life, as exciting as you know, skiing and stand-up paddleboarding, and as mundane as doing your laundry and washing the dishes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think, you know, talking about being a fixer or a facilitator, I have to raise my hand and say that I am a fixer. Mm-hmm. And I know this about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm working with so many people who just don't know where their body is in space. Mm-hmm. So, and, and because I had the experience that I had where I was doing intermediate advanced work and did not have proper form. I didn't understand how unbalanced my body was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I feel like I've accomplished now is I start by, I mean, I'm not just yanking people around. I'm helping them understand where the balance is. And then I let them take that into unfixed work so that they're mm-hmm. moving toward that facilitating area. Right, right. So I, I see the value in both. And actually, it also, like, um, I'm sorry, who was that? Who's just speaking? Paula. Paula Finkel. Mm-hmm. Paula just said, depends on your, um, your population. I've been recently having some, like, I did a stand up paddleboard Pilates class with a bunch of kick ass, strong women. And I mean, it was, it was a completely different experience from, working with the population that I'm working with most of the time that really needs a lot of assistance right. in just getting back into their body at all. So if you have, if you have a group of dancers say, then that facilitating yummy, you know, Pilates teachers can get there faster than the people that I generally work with. But I'm definitely, my idea is to take them there. Yeah. yeah. So I think in each movement I give them, I may give them a lot more direction in the beginning 
Mm-hmm. And then I'll invite them to feel it on their own right. <clears throat> and to find it in different places. So sometimes I'm, you know, like today I just did a, finished a session where we were just really exploring the serratus and that investigating that in all the different exercises we were doing and how that can support the movement mm-hmm. and then standing up and walking around and feeling how the serratus participating can really change everything about just the way you walk and move through your day. So, which is definitely facilitating, right? It's facilitating yes. personal yeah. awareness of the, of the fixing, if you will. Like if right. Fixing. So I think I run the gamut. Yeah. I tend to, I really tend to want people to be super aligned and very aware of where they are in space as we work. And then I let it become a little bit freer and move into everyday movement. So mm-hmm. I think that's I mean, the way I work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are excellent at what you do. I mean, I've had the honor of watching you for hundreds and hundreds of hours work with students and and thank you. Yeah, teachers. So um, no doubt you're highly effective and and really, uh, you know, do balance those things. Well, although I would describe you too more of a fixer, like coming from that very analytical kind of alignment focused approach. I'm going to just play devil's advocate a tiny Mm -hmm. bit. And I, and not to say that this conversation has to stay within these, this, you know, the, this kind of, um, you know, within these two ideas, I want to, I want to take it in a lot of different places, but uh, it's, I have, there's something that comes up for me about, yes, I totally get. And, and I think it's true that developmentally, right. There's a progression that we have to, um, we have to really be keenly aware of that, that people just, they, they really don't often have the ability to sense themselves. And so we have to kind of move incrementally um, into that, that space where they can sense and they can feel, and they can begin to kind of trust themselves enough to, to bring that, um, you know, as Wendy puts it, that bio-intelligence to the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet there's this thing inside me that says, that we make this rule that um, facilitate like fixing has to come before facilitating. Um, like, like we have to tell them what to do and they have to be in good alignment before we can begin to explore facilitation. And I just feel like perhaps a lot of us are stuck in that belief. And I'm not saying that you are, but this is just what yeah. for me is like, is there a time and place in the very beginning, like to set the tone for self-awareness and, and, you know, physically, and then right. to move into, you know, like balancing this fixing yeah. and facilitating. So, well, and that's why I created a class called Pilates play where we just goof around and laugh and mm-hmm. mess everything up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's less about perfect alignment and just about being like a kid again. Yeah. So we're yeah, yeah. we're laughing and rolling and falling over and helping each other and um, it's not so much about I wouldn't I wouldn't align anybody in a class like that. Right. And that's so, very interesting because you've been doing that for a long time. And you know, we've got primal movement works with Claudia Moose and Katie Santos and Louise Johns, and we've got you know, the work that James has been doing and, you know, uh, James and Jenna Safino just did a webinar on Pilates play. It's like, yeah. it's, you know, it, and you know, the Philip Beach work and it's like, it's, right. this is part of, I think that part of the shift, at least that I'm seeing in the way that we're working as Pilates teachers, right? We're, we're using yeah. the method as a, um, as a vehicle towards something 
bigger, right? And it's also like so interesting because to me that something bigger is Joe's vision, right? Of like right. human vitality. Um, awesome, awesome. I'm going to turn it over to Amanda. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Um, and Amanda, uh, like, what, is this interesting to you or is there something else you've been percolating on in relationship to you know, the conversations on the podcast or other things that you're reading, watching, seeing on social media? Um, no, I think um, since you interviewed Trinity a while ago, all I can remember is I was on a plane to Florida, so maybe it was sometime in July. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm the the talk about different perspectives of consciousness mm-hmm. I, I mean that was really really empowering like I, I sent you a message saying how I, I really feel like it fleshed out a lot of the intention I've put behind my classes and really was able to give me a strong enough tool to say I or at least like create a, a better um, execution of how to communicate with clients in a way to give them more permission to feel their own body and to be their own guide. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it's completely on task with this and with my teacher training program, it's brought up a ton of interesting conversations and perspectives between different, you know, movement practices and um, how, how they start cueing their clients and, um, I think it's, it's been really, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. yesterday, my, I have an intro class that's mainly equipment, but this woman's second time on the reformer. And, and I think in doing exercise classes in general, <coughs> she's just asking a ton of very specific questions. Are my toes in the right spot? Am I bringing my you know, carriagen correctly? Am I supposed to breathe here and do this? And, um, and, and I just kept saying, well, you're doing everything just fine. Why don't you keep playing with what's wrong? And then like specifically, I'll give you the Pilates V position when you're doing footwork. She asked if her knees were rotated too wide. And I said, well, make them too wide and then make them too narrow and feel what's right. Um, so anyways, that's, that's been what's yeah. coming up. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about uh, specifically the five stages of competency, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely we were talking a lot about that with Trinity because of the self-practice uh, studio model and her experience in the master's program, which is foundationally designed um, on the five stages of competency. Um, and so... It is very interesting, and it does give us such a uh, powerful and clear perspective, right, to look at our work from um, that I think is really interesting. Um, it gives, it can give shape to what we do in a very different way. Uh, there was something, oh, so th- it's interesting, too, what you're talking about, because I think for me, and I'll be curious to know if this is true for anybody else, you know, but to kind of to come back around to Kristen's comment, um, you know, sometimes it's like facilitating, like asking those questions, like students really are just not ready. And one of the things that I, I feel like I probably used to do myself and I get a little, like just a little prickly around when I hear not like defensive, but like, 
I, I know, I just know it doesn't work. Is it when you, you know, somebody asks you a question, a student is really in need of an answer, right? You can tell, like we have those students who are, they really just need the answer to come from us. And, you know, and then we say, well, what do you think is the right way? <laughs> like do what feels good. And they're like, you know, forget it. I'm not, I'm just, I can't, and I'm not willing, or that makes me nervous or anxious. Um, I think, you know, sometimes that's when facilitating can go awry, you know, when the student is left to like, uh, kind of flow untethered, but this, what you're talking about of like, well, let's try it, like try it in this extreme, try it in this extreme. And then, and so that you're creating a container for the experience, a container for them to make a choice rather than, you know, just kind of them floating in the ocean of uh, all possible experiences and, and not knowing which way to go. So um, really interesting and, and glad that that's making an impact. I think it is a very powerful uh, idea. Um, uh, I, I want to see if what Trinity has to say since we're talking about you. Um, Trinity, are you, are you there? Hi. Uh, I hear you. Hi. There. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, you were unmuting and I was unmuting you. We I were see. like unmuting and muting and unmuting and muting. All right. So, so now you're here. A battle with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Trinity Minty and I am owner of Interscape Pilates Studio here in Grass Valley, California, and I'm a skillful teaching mentor. Um, Let's see. So my, my experience with this is uh, I came into Pilates, I think, with people and at a time where um, it's, it has really, my experience with Pilates has really facilitated an, an evolution of, um, you know, myself becoming teacher and then um, discovering what that means for me and what I bring to the table as a teacher. And so right away that exploration was happening for me. Um, so I, I feel kind of lucky or blessed that I came in when I did with who I did. Um, so, uh, back to what, what you and uh, Amanda were saying about Amanda saying like, we'll try it like this, try it like that. I, that I'm so drawn to that, so drawn to creating the container because uh, I think what I have done is, you know, I've tried it this way and then I thought, well, I'm, I'm not sure about that. And then I've gone to an opposite extreme and I've tried it that way. And I've found myself going back and forth during, uh, during my career here, looking for what feels right. And I think that it is about creating a container that, so it's not so, um, open-ended for the student, but it still absolutely facilitates this clear pathway for them to discover what, what works for their bodies and what, um, what progress they can make. And, um, in addition to that, something that's been heavily on my mind since I, uh, listened to Anula Myberg's podcast mm -hmm. is, um, something that she said that's just so incredibly wonderful is about um, surprising yourself. And I've incorporated that into um, actually my intake process. Uh, I wanna know when my students, when's the last time they've surprised themselves? Because for a lot of us, it's been a long time. 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's so sweet and delightful and it's uh it, to me it's childlike and not to reduce it but like in a really sweet um magical way it's surprising yourself is very childlike I really appreciate that so I think it's interesting that you would say not to reduce it because uh, for me, I feel like that is the thing, you know, Paula asked me like, well, what be clearer, um, you know, like what is the movement you're talking about? And I think that honestly, I think that is part of the shift that I'm experiencing as I'm in all of these really exceptionally rich, uh, you know, conversations with, with teachers is that, you know, speaking of the conversation with Anula, but uh, even I feel like there were pieces of this with Trinity. There's definitely a lot of this when you talk to James, it's like, there's, um, child, like, yeah, like childlike, like, uh, so this idea of like de-identifying as a Pilates teacher, right. And needing it to be always a certain way. Um, it's like coming back to something that to use some kind of common language that we've got floating around now, you know, primal, right. That's more human and more real and more just about the whole person rather than like fixing the shoulder. So I I think it's interesting that you would say reduce it. I wonder, I wonder if like what that's, if you could speak to that, like, why does it feel like a reduction rather than um, like an adding value kind of thing? Well, it doesn't to me. I just mean, I just said that like, you know, not to reduce it because I wonder if, um, that if in other people's minds, if they were to, if they were to think about, you know, reconnecting with this childlike quality within themselves, that mm-hmm. it, it potentially could feel like they were moving backward. Uh-huh. Um, like I that's actually don't know that. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to put that out there either, yeah. that, that that's what people are thinking. I don't mm-hmm. know that, but I just wonder if some people might have that experience. Um, but the, well, from the, the student. Child, yes. Um, those, those childlike experiences are just uh, so sweet. And um, like I, you and I had this conversation recently, something else, I had a student last week and we were just working through our normal session. And, um, you know, cause my, you know, intake and assessment is ongoing, right? It's not just the, for me, it's not just the first session. It's just mm-hmm. constant because we're building relationships with people. And so kind of just randomly, I don't know what inspired it, but I said, what was your favorite thing to do um, at recess when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. You know, a woman in her 60s. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just the response, the look on her face, and then her thinking about what she actually did, like what was it that she left the classroom and went running toward, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was so revealing um, to kind of discover that, you know, she liked to play tetherball because she just wanted to hit something <laughs> and, and she didn't, wasn't really interested in the swings. That didn't do anything for her. And yeah. She liked to sit down on the floor and play marbles because she could beat the boys. And I mean, it was just like, Oh, great. Like yeah. let's, yeah. let's reintegrate this totally inspired childlike quality that we used to just walk around with everywhere. Let's reintegrate that into yeah. our daily experiences, which also lends back to that piece of, when is the last time you surprised yourself? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that posing that question to people is mm, maybe planting a little seed of, uh, you know, oh, maybe people want to surprise themselves and, mm-hmm. they've, and they've just lost sight. You know, being an adult is so freaking serious <laughs> and, and busy. And, 
full <laughs> and crazy and yeah, you know, yeah, all, all those things. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, and that and you know back to what Kristen is doing too, like the play. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's create the container for sure, and let's play and be goofy and you know whatever. Practice mm-hmm. your handstands in your living room, which is that's my, right. That's which right. Is my yeah. Practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And have them look crazy and messy and sloppy and in progress, right? Like like that's, we all yes. really are. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so, so you know, just to um, broaden the spectrum a little bit, um, some of the other things that we have been talking about and. I'm just thinking about um, the, I'm just going to totally get this wrong. So if somebody knows exactly what it was called, please correct me. The like move from the heart, you know, Jenna's new thing or the, the um, like webcast uh, mat class, like Pilates love. There's something, it's like all love and heart and juicy and warm and, um, and, and lovely and not belittling it, really elevating it. But, that there's more and more of that to me out there. That's what I'm seeing. And I'm seeing teachers cross boundaries in terms of um, being more open to different uh, ideas and um, ways of doing something. And something that we have, we talked about with Anula quite a bit was just like not identifying, you know, like you don't have to be in one camp or the other. It's like, like, what do you have to offer? Like every truly not to sound too like new agey and positive woo woo, but we all do have something unique to offer. Right. And there are no new ideas, like all of that. Like, um, and ultimately that, uh, I think that what we're doing, and I would say that a lot of our recent guests would be in agreement with this is that we are, we are creating social change, right? Because we are changing people and we're not just changing people's bodies. And I don't think that anybody could argue with that, but I am definitely seeing more of that awareness and, um, you know, teaching from that perspective happening. So if we want to go in that direction, we could, because again, one of the themes, I think that's been one of the themes that's been running through the podcast recently. I'm going to turn it over to Trisha um, and just curious to know what, what's in it for you? Like what's going on in your head about all this? Well, hello. Hello. I'm uh, Trisha Whitlock and I own Soul Body Works Pilates Studio in Hearst, Texas, which is in the DFW area for those of you who don't know where Hearst is. And uh, honestly, y'all are making my head spin a little bit right now because I'm still very, very new to the Pilates teaching world and the fitness teaching world in general as I exited corporate America just five short years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm making all kinds of notes. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I see a lot of what you're talking about in my teaching, but I'm still playing with words a lot. And mm-hmm. I've, I almost feel like I'm playing with the students' bodies who come to visit me and they get, they pay me to do it. Yeah. So I feel really lucky in, in that regard, but I'm very careful. Um, I'm very careful with, with what I say and what I do at this point because I'm still so new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to mention that in Anula's uh, podcast or the, the one that you did with her, the, and I think you and I talked about this by by email, what really resonated with me was when she talked about being a conductor of bodies. Yes, yes, yes. You said that. Mm -hmm. 
And ever since listening to that, um, that has really taken kind of a front seat in my teaching. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me to understand um, at a deeper level what it means to teach the body in front of me. And I've become better at asking those inquisitive questions, um, those curious questions that you all have been talking about as a result of finding that, um, that tuner within me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful, right? It's like, it just takes one thing. And that is definitely, I mean, that's definitely, I think a reflection of what I'm talking about, Trisha is, you know, of course we all are like, we're just in a, we're on our own paths and we're in different places in our teaching. And of course, you know, our teaching can become more expansive the longer we've been doing it. And we, I think that many of us, it's just with time and experience that we feel like we can move away from being safe. And, and I don't actually mean it like it sounds. I don't mean that we stop being safe. I just mean that we are not as concerned with getting it right. And we see that there is like we trust ourselves to go in, in kind of, you know, a broader direction. So, um, but, but it's beautiful what you're describing, right? Because you have, we really are talking about facilitating and being totally present with the student and not just, not just instructing. And I think that analogy, you know, of conducting um, is really relevant. And I'm glad that that hit a chord with you, struck a chord with you. Um, cause I know you've got a lot of heart, a lot of heart to bring to your teaching. That's really, really, really obvious. Um, yeah. Um, anything else that that you feel like you want to say or share or. Um, the only other thing is that I've really been wanting to connect more with the Pilates community in my area. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like there's, uh, there's a lot of connection between teachers. And so I've been putting that out there in the universe and there has been more connection between us uh, recently. We've been having some little get togethers on Friday afternoons and um, teachers from different backgrounds are getting together in a non-judgmental place Mm. and talking about ideas and the history of Pilates and how to help different bodies. And I'm finding that to be a really beautiful thing. And I think it's part of this change that you're talking about and I couldn't be more pleased about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm in a little, um, you know, like Pollyanna bubble, uh, here in Sacramento because I really do feel, um, fortunate as well that that happens, um, here and in the Bay area. I mean, I think we are, you know, we, we just really are in an exceptional space, um, with one another because there's such a diversity of teachers, but, um, such a supporting network, uh, of teachers. So I'm glad to hear that you feel like that's also happening, um, for you too. So super, super awesome. Thanks, Trisha. Thank you. Uh, Hey, Stephanie from Chicago. What do you got? Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, so I'm Stephanie Considine. I have a small studio in Riverside, Illinois, which just butts up against Chicago. It's an outlying suburb, one of the inner rings. I've been teaching Pilates for about 13 years, and I've been in fitness for 18. So it's been a bit. <laughs> it's in retrospect, it's I didn't realize how long I've been doing this. It's like 18, 19 years. In fitness. Mm-hmm. This is not your first rodeo. No, this is not my <laughs> first rodeo. Uh, you know, I'm de- oh my God, Chantiel. 
No, it is not. Um, there's a constant um, change. So you were talking about um, maybe this will kind of walk us into this, all the change talk. Um, Pilates, um, it has changed, um, and but I think that there's just a, a fuller evolution that's going on. Um, it's and it would happen, um, and. Because we were around in 2000 when um, they kind of opened up the floodgates mm-hmm. when um, you could hang up your shingle and say you were a Pilates instructor. And, right, uh, right. And I think that that was, it was important. I know that they wanted to closely hold the work um, and that's out of fear, uh, but everything evolves. So this was just part of the evolution. And I think that what we're seeing is this, uh, I don't know if divesting is the right word or, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but it's like, um, there's, there's more openness to explore and to integrate different worlds. Um, <laughs> I've been drawn to the neuroscience piece of it and the, um, the reflex piece of movement, uh, which is very core to movement because this is your DNA that is forcing you into uh, movement, all the baby stuff, all the, all those things that drive you, all those reflexes, right. which goes back to what you were talking about earlier in the primal in the primal movement. There's primal movement patterns, but they're all based on some of that reflexive work. Sure. Uh, so there's a there's a place for me. There's uh, there's a place for somebody that doesn't uh, want to work in that model, and, and that goes back to I think. Um, the fixer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I feel like I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I, I want them to feel like, you know, go fly, be free <laughs> once, once you have the fixing done. So it's mm-hmm. like, let's see how your body strategizes. We've mm-hmm. done this. Now go strategize, go, go, let's see where that, what happens with that. And then bring them back if they need to, mm-hmm. um, like be recalibrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that speaks to. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, you know, we're just like, we're on a meandering path. This is really just about you guys. Like, so yeah, it's all, it's all just awesome and wonderful. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm everybody else, but I love the fact that there's freedom in how we can create this. Mm-hmm. And there for a while, it just felt very restricted. Mm. It's, it's, um, and my background is um, Boulder style. I learned from a woman named Fran Ahrens who studied in Boulder uh, in, a, in a time when there was very few people to learn from. So I'm very thankful to her. Mm-hmm. So that classical style is um, what I understand best. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. It, you know, it's interesting to me because I was talking, Trinity and I were having dinner last night with one of our sweet teachers from the mentoring program who was driving through on her way to see Ann Bishop. And uh, Holly is from Utah. And we were talking and I said, you know, I just think, and this is really the first time I had kind of thought about this, but I think that for me, what I see, and given what you've just said, Stephanie, this interesting parallel, um, you know, we are, we're in a time in our industry, Pilates specifically, where we've got um, massive accessibility to the work. And, and we've also got, um, you know, we've got <clears throat> franchising, studio franchising happening. So 
you know, lots of people doing the work at once, um, which I think some of us have, I mean, we have lots and lots of varied opinions about that, but I, from my perspective, I think awesome, like awesome, awesome. And is it going to change us? Hell yes, it's going to change us. And I think, you know, that can be, that's scary, but there is this, um, that feels like a very straight line to me, like kind of like clear and direct, um, you know, this idea of kind of opening up the floodgate gates. And then at the same time, we've got this uh, expansion, you know, kind of in the whole person perspective of teaching and, and it, it really is being supported by all of these, all of the research. I mean, so much science and research, right. That's been uh, coming to the surface and being applied that there's this creativity and this uh, exploration and this willingness from, I think, teachers and students to go into lots of different places. I see these two things as a reflection of what you just talked about. Like there is the original work, right? There's like, what's the original intent? Do the orders, find the consistency, find the repetitiveness. I now have really come to a place for myself as a practitioner where there is so much value in that for me. And, you know, we could talk about the research in terms of learning and the way the brain learns and how imperative consistency is. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it's like meditation and Deborah and I have talked about this. You get so bored that getting so bored is the only way to break open. You know, when we're just inundated with pure creativity and I think we can draw a connection to like pure facilitation, like that doesn't really work um, for a lot of reasons. So there's this beautiful holding, like can we hold both of these things, these kind of dualities, if you will, um, in support of one another as opposed to against one another. So I think it's, I think it's just really kind of fascinating. Um, I I personally think that that will happen. It just seems that um, the the um, kind of those closely held positions that people have, they kind of um, they kind of tribe up. Well, I learned it this way, and this way is right, and I learned mm-hmm. it this way, and this way is right. I think that those are going to fall away eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that there's just too much information out there that's available, new information, um, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like neuroscience and um, the natural reflexive performance of the body and just how they measure things. There's so many geek jocks that are out there that I know, all these coaches that do all this research at an academic level. And I just think that everything is going to kind of separate it's kind of like the universe. It breathes out and then it has to come back in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it'll converge. It may cross like a helix. You know, I don't know, but mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just seems like there's so many more creatives, um, creative thinking about the work and movement. It's, you know, is it kind of, I look at it as um, it's like biology and art. It's, it's um, kinetic sculpture. My, my background is more like, um, is it Amula? I was a photographer. I yeah, mm-hmm. I was a photographer and worked in the industry, and then stuff happens in life, and then I end up here in, in, in movement. So this is still you're still. It's just a constant evolution, and the, everything will evolve. That mm-hmm. back to club industry because there were some questions about it out here because it's new. 
there's only a few in the Chicagoland area. And um, so I think that there's some resistance, there's some fear that goes along with it. At the same time, it's like we can coexist and people that really are, um, are drawn to that are going to move there. They're going to go there. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. Clients are going to go there. People that need what I have to offer will come to me. And mm-hmm. that's why there's kind of like, there's always enough to go around. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Yeah, but there's Thanks, so much Stephanie. good stuff. Yeah. So much good stuff for sure. Well, we have, we have one person we haven't heard from. Anna Hartman is on the phone with us. Woohoo. <clears throat> Hi, honey. Are you there? Oh, hi. Hi. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, good. Hi. (laughs) Hello. How's it going? Hello, everyone. Um, It's good. I'm sitting at an airport, which is pretty normal for me. And happy to be on the call. Crazy girl. I'm glad you made it. With my people. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Hey, will you introduce yourself real quick? Oh, yes. Uh, my name is Anna Hartman. I am a uh, athletic trainer, um, uh, though mostly I just refer to myself as a movement practitioner and manual therapist. And um, I sort of have a, uh, well, I do kind of two main aspects of my job. One, one is I travel with um, various uh, athletes uh, during their professional seasons and take care of them and make sure that they perform at a high level. And I, um, utilize both manual therapy and movement for that. And then, um, on the flip side, I, um, also, uh, spend a lot of time moving in my own body and, um, teaching, uh, other co- colleagues. So colleagues in the, um, Pilates, yoga and physical therapy, athletic training and strength and conditioning, uh, world. So just movement. My life is movement, Indeed. like literally and figuratively. <laughs> yes, 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 so. it is. Well, I'm really glad yeah. you're able to be with us. And I'm, I'm really curious on what, uh, what speaks to you about all of this and have you been listening to the podcast or, I mean, Anna has been a guest on the podcast and I have to say it's one of the podcasts that I get the most like kudos about people, um, you know, obviously, obviously really like you and what you have to say. Well, thank you. <laughs> so uh, like, what's, yeah, what's up for you? Yeah, I, um, ha- I'm not caught up on all the podcasts yet, um, <gasps> but I have listened to, a, I know, terrible. I've listened to a couple and I mean, I love, I love the way they're going and um, this conversation so far too is, is, is been like, I totally agree with stuff. I, um, especially the last comment. I'm sort of, people ask me like how I find my clients and I don't, they find me and I am a true believer of, of the right client will, will find me and, and stay with me. Um, so I don't, I don't try to like fit myself in a box very much with any, any aspect of my work, whether it is the, um, uh, the one-on-one, uh, more of rehab and maintenance or the teaching is I, I, I try to, provide something super authentic and you're either with me or you're not with me. And if you're not with me, that's not a bad thing. I'm totally okay with that. Um, and I think there's so many people out there that need help and want help that it's like, there's no sense in beating my head against the wall, trying to help the people that don't want it. Mm Um, and don't want it in the way I want to provide it. And so, you know, that's the first piece. And the other piece is, you know, I, 
I got into Pilates, you know, like many people did, um, uh, from a pain, like I got into it in my own body, I had back surgery. And, um, so the, the type of Pilates I went to was very movement restrictive, which, mm-hmm. um, was an important piece of the learning process, uh, for me. But I think now is, um, I don't resonate with at all in my own body and therefore how I teach. Um, I, I want to move freely. I want to feel like a little kid. I want to just explore and have space and be creative and, 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 and find the freedom in things. And I, I liked what Trinity said that the whole surprise aspect. And it's like, I was thinking the other day when I was practicing, I still have a tendency to practice in my own body, like and from a, such a safe standpoint, and part of that is because I'm super hypermobile and I, and I could get um, in pain easily. But at the same time, I think it's just a huge fear. Like I, I am I'm afraid of putting myself out there and being a little bit unsafe. And so um, I think I could progress to play around a little bit more. Um, and that's really where my teaching goes. And so it's, it's funny sometimes to think about the way I'm teaching movement versus the, what I'm the, ha- the old habits I'm still sort of like clinging to in my own body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious. So, I'm curious because you work with athletes. And so athletes are obviously really, really um, uh, results. But yeah. does it, do you feel like start with, um, you start with facilitating an exploration and a little bit more of like pushing the boundaries and, um, or do you start with like analytical evaluation? I mean, I, I kind of know the answer to this, but <laughs> cause I know you, right. I, mean, um, yeah. I mean, I, my, my biggest thing is getting them to them to take inventory on what's going on in their body. I want them to start paying attention because mm-hmm. ultimately I want them to be able to explore making themselves feel better and perform better without my assistance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, that, that's really like where I, where I start with athletes and where I continually go every session, even if it's manual therapy and no movement is having them always check in with how they feel. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we'll do something. We'll, we'll apply some sort of movement or some sort of manual therapy and I'll have them check in again. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, so, and what, what makes me think of that is in the Wendy's podcast, she said, cooperative collaboration and I love that because that's exactly what it is with my athletes it's like I expect them to be very present with me and just as I'm really present with them when I'm working on them and so I want them to be in their body with me and um and it's not easy at first for them especially if they're not used to feeling their body and so many of them are in pain Mm -hmm. they try to not feel their body right so here I am saying like, well, in order to get out of pain the, the good way, we need to like pay attention to it again because it's actually our best teacher. And so, um, and instead of focusing on the pain, can we focus on things that you like feeling in your body? And, you know, it might be a small list to begin with, but as we do a little movement or do a little manual therapy, like what changes and what do you like? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it becomes this, yeah, like this partnership and it's the partnership, that relationship with them that I love. Like yeah. the two of the four athletes I travel with, I've worked with for 14 years. And so it's like, 
we have that collaboration all the time. And it's like, whether I'm with them, they both play in New York or, or, and I'm here with them or whether I'm home in San Diego, like if they talk to me over text or a phone conversation, like oftentimes I can help them or guide them on exercises they've learned with me along the way or send them a video and know that they're not going to totally botch it because they understand that check-in process. I think the check-in process is like the foundation of, of their own assessment and then really your assessment too. Like, yes, obviously having objective measures is great, but at the end of the day, like you objectively can be the most perfect mover, but if you still feel like crap, like what good is that? (laughs) <laughs> like that's right. no good at all. Yeah. Um, so of course I still want them to move well, because I think, you know, more than likely when you move well, you tend to feel better. However, if I'm just, if I just get up caught up on that, they, everything is because they're not moving well, like I'm missing the boat. That's not humans are made to be compensators. We're always made to be like, you know, holding things, you know, like holding the broken machine together. Right. And like yeah. keep on going. That's what makes us so amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I want to honor that. And I'm not trying to give them a brand new machine. I'm just trying to, you know, add a little grease and tune it up and, you know, yeah. let it go. I think, you know, you are the one that first really, I mean, I'm sure I had heard it, but like it, you know, when things just like land and you, when I think in our podcast or one of our many conversations, you were talking about uh, positive versus negative compensation and the idea of positive compensation just uh, really is a powerful idea for me. And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, it's like, and it also has really helped me to understand the difference between um uh, the lack of value, I guess, uh, potentially in fixing because we, the body needs to be very, very versatile, right? We need to be able right. to go off. I think about the, who's the guy, Ido, uh, is it Ido Portal? Oh, Ido. Yeah. Portal. Yeah. yeah. Ido Portal. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's all about like off center, like be off center, come back to center, get off center, be, you know, in alignment, out of alignment, like that ability to be malleable um, is really about that awareness that you're talking about, right? That check-in process. So it's, it's so uh, it's always interesting your perspective because you do, you know, work with athletes that, that do want very specific results. And yet you have this approach. Um, I think, I think it's nice for people to hear because uh, we come up with all kinds of excuses as to why we can't, teach that way, right? Why we need to be safe and perfectly aligned and work, you know, fix the problem first and then, and then move toward, you know, exploration. And, uh, I just, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily always the path, uh, or it just doesn't have to be the only path, I suppose. Right. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just funny. And it's, you know, for me, it's been a ongoing process of like, constantly questioning everything I do and everything I do with someone, everything that goes on in my own body and, and like asking why. And, and, you know, years ago, years ago, one of my colleagues, um, Sue Calzoni said to me, she's like, I don't understand why you still have back pain because you're like the most stable person there is. Like you can do like so many of the stability exercises like flawlessly and like with such good form 
but yet, you know, one little dynamic thing happens and then you have back pain again. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. And if, if, if this is happening for me and I move really well, then like, am I, why am I still hung up on fixing all the clients, all my athletes movement? And it's like, well, what am I missing? And then that's when I um, learned with the osteopathic um, techniques with the Brawl Institute. When I heard that quote, you know, that you liked about compensating, you know, that the you know, body, uh, when it loses the ability to compensate, it's when it has disease or injury or pain. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. So, and then the body doesn't really judge, like doesn't stereotype or, or like selectively like organize what kind of stresses we're adding to it. And so whether it's the stress from a poor movement pattern or the stress from, you know, not making enough money every month or the stress of having a newborn baby or the stress of having a sick parent or the stress of, mm-hmm. you know, having a major injury and, and like making you not be able to play your sport or go to work and do what you want to do. It's like, oh, so I can actually affect the body and how it feels and how it moves by then taking away any of those stresses or, or helping the body deal with any of those stresses, right. which is why it's like, it's mind, body, spirit, right? And so mm-hmm. we're just happen to be in an industry where we're super biased on the body part. Right. And so we want to fix everything with the body, right? The only tool you have is a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. <laughs> so it's like being, being open to being like, well, shoot, maybe if I just had a different tool, <laughs> it, it's not actually a nail. It's a screw. I need a true screwdriver. And yes. so it's like, yeah, maybe if, I'm not making huge headway in their body. Maybe I just let their body do their thing and let's focus on something else. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's a way that I can use their body to access the mind and spirit piece a little bit better. And, yes. you know, because the body, yes. the body is still what we know really well. And so I'm not like totally like to let go of it, but maybe focus on the body and the breathing, maybe focus on the body and, um, you know, labeling how you feel positively instead of always labeling things negatively you know and those really address the mind and the spirit a little bit more as opposed to here use the body and tighten up your core and don't let anything move when you lift your leg right right and so it's like you can still use the body to address the other pieces but at the end of the day i think to acknowledge what we're really doing in all those scenarios is just dumping out a little bit of the stress your body is dealing with so it can compensate better. So it can just go on its way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're done and cut because we're done. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way to end. Um, I'm just really grateful for everybody who came on. And for those of you who are still on Stephanie and Trisha and Trinity um, Kristen and Paula for being on and Amanda for being on. Um, thanks to everybody for just being interested enough in what you do to, to come and be in conversation with one another. We are going to do another round of this at five and that's three hours from now, uh, five o'clock uh, Pacific standard time. So you're going to hear more. And if anybody wants to come back, you can, <laughs> because there's definitely more that we can, we can talk about. There's just so much, so much um, to explore. And I, I could not be more grateful to be a part of this beautiful beautiful community so thank you guys for showing up and thanks to everybody for listening and um yeah that's a wrap thanks everybody you can reach us at thinking pilates podcast at gmail.com you can also like us on facebook 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and look forward to the next time. Until then, breathe deep and teach well. All the things that make you sing and tap your little toes.